Amen. Thank you again for being here tonight. Amen. I want to um, I want to also say thank you to those that have um, participated today in fasting. Um, I'm excited for what I feel the Lord doing in in us through this through this endeavor. Um, I want to talk a little bit about fasting tonight and and um, just to take the opportunity and when I uh, Bishop wasn't here on Sunday and I told him yesterday uh, that I had felt the Lord prompted me to, to have this day of fasting and I just wanted him to know and be aware of that and he said well it's always that always makes a good time to teach on it when you're doing it so you know why and 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 all of that but I do I want to talk a little bit about fasting I want to talk about why we fast how we fast um, it's it's probably not something that most of us do more than maybe once or twice a year so sometimes more frequently than that sometimes for shorter periods sometimes for longer um, but uh, admittedly it's not something that we make a regular practice and 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 especially even um, teaching about it or ministry in, in regards to fasting is not something that's done a whole lot but I want to take this time tonight and just share a little bit about it well so on uh, on Sunday right at the start of service um, I felt like the Lord had prompted me that we as a congregation should have a day of fasting and um, almost immediately after he prompted me with that before I even had an opportunity to say okay who or when or why or anything like that it's like got my attention and just as soon as he got it he said 25th and honestly I didn't know when that was I knew we weren't that late into the month yet so I thought okay that's safe to say the 25th whatever day that is and um, I happened to look at my phone and saw well that's two days from now on a Tuesday so I thought okay Lord we trust you with that um, um, but that's that was really all the the prompting that I felt that we had and I feel like that's all the prompting that's needed um, but I want to say this a few things about it first of all um, no one has to wait to be told to fast all right uh, all of us when the Lord prompts you to fast it's probably a good idea to listen to that voice and um, at least beseech the Lord to be sure Lord is that you and do you really want me to fast because if you do I, I want to do it if you want me to do it uh, and, and so there are times and there will be times I know like this in the future where uh, where I will suggest or or give a day such as this to say I'm asking the, con the congregation and anybody that wants to participate to do it on this particular day um, and there's a few things first of all it's helpful to when you know you're not the only one fasting um, you know that while I am afflicting myself today is what it feels like at least I'm not the only one and my brother or my sister is also uh, participating with this as well and so really there's there is a sense of unity and a sense of strength that can come when it, it is a um, a congregation wide thing I wanted to share with you a couple of observations that I had just from today now I don't want you sitting there thinking well now Elder Fassett today so he thinks he's an expert on this and all of a sudden and I, no, I've known I'm an expert at this for a long time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I just wanted to, while they were fresh today, some things that, uh, that I thought, and, and in case you didn't see this, uh, if you didn't, maybe you didn't hear it Sunday, maybe you didn't see a, an announcement last night, that's, that's fine, and I don't want anybody to feel like they missed out for missing out a, 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 an announcement. But um, last night, the message that I sent, uh, more or less the gist of it said, um, suggested things that we could fast from, first of all being food, 
and then second of all being media. Um, that, was, uh, that was my uh, intention today for myself to fast those things. And um, so, so observations that I've had just based off of that. Um, some of this I'm just going to give you some confessions of mine, and I hope I don't get diminished too far in your eyes by saying this. But a common thing that I learned, an observation that I had today, a common thing for me when I start my day, I wake up, I wait, figure out what time it is, what day it is, what am I supposed to do today, and make sure I haven't overslept. And, uh, and then the, really one of the first things that I do is I check all of my um, media outlets. Make sure the world didn't catch on fire while I was asleep. Or make sure that my neighbor's house didn't get broken into last night. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just checking all, and I, I pretty much do all of it right here on my phone. Um, you know, see if there's anything that, of note, that took place in the few hours that I was out of this world. Um, I don't, I, not always, but it's just kind of a routine thing for me. And the reason why I know that now is because this morning, that was one of the first thoughts that I had was, what's my routine? Okay, check all the, the different media outlets, social media, and, uh, and um, you know, email, and all those just various things that I go through as a normal part of waking up. Um, that was just an observation I had. I'm, so, I'm plugged into so many different things without even really thinking about it. But uh, uh, as kind of a greater point, we, you say this a lot, we, people say this about uh, this day that we live in, you, if you have a phone or a tablet or a laptop uh, with internet, you have the world at your fingertips. You can see and do and talk to and find out anything you want, really. Um, just at the touch of a phone or at the touch of a button. Um, it's there. And so, if, that, if anybody here didn't have ADHD before, at least you get an idea of what it's like because you can, I mean, right now, if you wanted to stop listening to me and go figure out what the weather is in Timbuktu, you could do that if you got one of these. Um, and so we're, we're plugged into so much, and we have access to it all so much. I heard somebody say it this way, and this was probably close to 10 years ago now, but when I was, when I was growing up and in school, we, they, we, in history, they had these terms for different um, time periods, and they would call one the industrial age. They would call one the technology age. And then they said we were in what was called the information age. And that was a term that I grew up hearing. We're in the information age. And then I heard, uh, uh, I saw a wise man put it this way. We're not even in the information age anymore. We are in the information management age. Because there's so much information, you got to know how to manage all of the information. It's a bombarding of information, of news, of opinions. It's bombarding. So we've got to learn how to manage all of that, all of those outlets. And I thought, well, I got into my uh, morning. I thought, okay, I, I, I successfully shut out all of the other outlets uh, or inputs, however you look at it. Um, from the Lord, because today I'm, I got to focus on Him, and I, I, I don't want to hear this, don't want to see this, don't want to know this. I'm focusing on the Lord. Got ready for work, made it as far as the truck to get in, the truck to go to work, and then all of a sudden there was another media outlet. It was the radio. And it was proof to me that the last time I was sitting here, that media outlet was pumping into me. I thought, 
man, this is just, I'm just giving you observations. So many outlets. So I had to turn it off, not break my fast. I have to turn it off. I thought there's nothing anybody's going to say on any one of these channels between now and the time that I get to work that I really need to hear or really need to know. Some mornings, I'll listen to sports talk radio. Some mornings, I'll listen to music. Some mornings, I'll listen to local news. They even have some of my coworkers on the news sometimes. That's interesting enough for me. I'll listen. I know that guy. I'll listen and see what he has to say for 10 minutes before I get to work. But there's, there, there, it's just all of those outlets, all of those different avenues that information comes to us on such a regular basis. Another observation that I had um, going throughout this day, and now that I've got trying to shut out all these various other voices and, and hear and be sensitive to the Lord, um, I realized after about the third person that he just put on my heart and I said a quick prayer for, I thought, it's really easy for the Lord to lay somebody on my heart for me to pray for them when I am in this mode. If I wasn't in this mode, it would not have been as easy for him to have me pray for this brother or this family or whatever. But because that he doesn't have competing voices and competing avenues, it's just there. And he puts it on your spirit, he puts it in your mind, and you know, this didn't come from anybody else. It didn't come from social media, because I'm not looking at it. It didn't come from the radio, the news channel. It didn't come from any of those. I'm only plugged into the Lord. That's where it came from. It's easy for the Lord to lay people on your heart, even if it's just for you to say a quick prayer for them. Um, another thing is we get very comfortable with, with these things that I'm talking about. We get, um, I say comfortable, we actually get in some, some ways depending, dependent on them as background noise. And you think, I'm so used to some screen making noise somewhere, even if it's two rooms away from me. And when it's not on, it's weird. When it is on, I don't think twice about it. I just know, oh, yep, that's playing. I'm still alive because I, I, st I paid the bill, and it's still going. So, so you get so comfortable with that background noise. Well, you know, all, all that background noise really is, is it's a competing avenue in your brain. It's a competing avenue in your thoughts. And you, you, you notice it more when you turn it off sometimes than you do while it's on. These are things like talk radio. I mentioned that one. YouTube playlists. Some, all you got to do sometimes is log into YouTube, and it will play a day's worth of videos. One after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. I mean, people get paid money for that. You know that, right? To program something that says, oh, he watched this, so next let's let him watch this. And then after that, let's watch it. before you know it, he's going to buy our product. It's background noise, and it's repetitious in nature. Talk radio, YouTube playlist, podcast, TV on in the background. Those things just, especially a lot of us, depending on even our childhoods and what kind of house we grew up in, things like this become normal. And it, in a lot of houses, on Sundays, it's normal for a football game to be playing on a TV, even if there's nobody in that room watching it. Somebody just 
thinks, oh yeah, it's Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I bet there's a football game on. Yep, there it is, all right, I'm going to go on to whatever else I was doing. <laughs> but that's normal in, in a lot of households. And I'm just picking on football, it's not always that, Some, sometimes it's a certain news channel. Sometimes it is daytime programming because it keeps you company. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm giving you observations that you have when you start to shut things out. You realize that's not always shut out. That's usually on and in and in here. And this one is, I found interesting. Um, giving up food, if you're fasting food, especially if you're trying to fast food and media like this at the same time. Giving up food may be easier than giving up all of these other media and intake channels. That's, that's me speaking. Because food is just a handful of times a day. If you're in a normal routine, you skip this meal and you don't think about food again until it's time that you have your next meal. You skip that one and you don't, maybe you're hungry a little bit, but you're not thinking about it until it's time again and oh yeah, I'm actually still not doing that. But so much of the other avenues, they are so intertwined or so readily accessible throughout a whole day. I guarantee you, we, we can be so easily plugged into other media that we don't even think about, oh yeah, it's media time. Uh, breakfast, I know, it's 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. That's breakfast time six o'clock, whatever it is, but there is no such thing as YouTube o'clock. YouTube o'clock is however frequently you're on YouTube. Facebook o'clock is whenever you unlock your phone. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's easy, it can be easier to fast food for a whole day and really not think about it. But then if you realize, no, I'm always doing this, whether I'm eating or not, you start to realize things about yourself and your day. You can pick up your phone and push a button even easier than you can make a meal in the microwave. I'm just saying. I, 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 growing up my whole life, I've heard what the microwave did to society. And now people don't cook home-cooked meals anymore because you just, you got a microwave and like, like that, like that revolutionized society. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you compare the two, how long it cooks how long it takes to cook a frozen meal versus how many YouTube videos you can watch. I'm, I know I'm saying YouTube. I'm not just picking on that. Whatever you fill in the blank. How many friends' statuses you can check and the amount of time it takes for that meal to cook. You want to talk about what's really revolutionized society. We are light years ahead of the microwave now. You can pick, I'm going to read it one more time. You can pick up your phone and push a button even easier than you can cook something in the microwave. Now the point of all this, we're, as we're talking about, is fasting. I am making the decision, right? I, I'm choosing. Nobody's forcing anybody to do anything except the battle that you're having with yourself during the day. So it's, your, it's a choice. But 
I, I, and I've got a few of these scriptures I'm going to look at, but before we do, in the, um, in the New Testament, when we see the word fast, and it's mentioned quite a few times, but essentially, this is the definition. To abstain as a religious exercise from food and drink. To abstain. Everybody say abstain. Abstain means you don't do it. Right? Most of the time, it means you could do it, but you're choosing not to. There is another meaning behind the word, which is abstaining by no choice. You would eat, but you can't because you don't have anything. Now, sometimes the Bible calls that fasting too, but, my, but the majority of the time when it says fast, it means that person is going through the exercise of abstaining. It could either last a single day, if we're talking, this is the definition, food for a single day, all day, or the customary and choice nourishment if it continued several days. In other words, I'm going to do this kind of fast, so I'm not going to eat this kind of food. Right? That's the, that's the idea behind it. I want you to look in um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Jesus is speaking here and he says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. That is a key phrase right there, that they may appear to men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Their, they, their reward, the thing they want to get. The thing they want to get is men knowing they're fasting. So they're going to act in such a way that they get the reward. I want you to know. It's either spoken or unspoken that I'm fasting. Next verse. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. Take care of yourself. Anoint your head and wash your face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The point here is not the reward of people finding out that you're fasting. No, you're fasting for a completely different purpose altogether. But I wanted to just point this out, especially because, as I said at the beginning, anyone can fast at any time. The key is making sure that it's a fast the Lord wants you to do. I mean, you, you don't even have to do that, but instead, it's just a day that you're choosing not to eat. And that's, I'm not trying to be uh, facetious about that. There are days you might just say, hey, I'm on a diet. But if you're going to try to introduce any spiritual concepts into the equation, you need to make sure the Lord is wanting you to fast. You cannot, hear me, you cannot decide on your own, I am going to fast so that the Lord has to do something. You don't prompt him by a fast. You understand? You do not prompt him by a Lord, I, I just haven't been hearing you. You know, you have, you're not doing what I want you to do. I've made my uh, petition very, very clear, and you still haven't met it. So now I'm going to fast to force you to meet it. No doesn't work that way. So we, we, we can't prompt him by fasting on our own. Again, you can choose to not eat just as much as you can choose to eat. Any time of day, any, any, any place you want to. We're talking about the spiritual principle behind a fast. 
I want you to see this and get some understanding, though, because I know that it's a, it's a common thing in many circles. We just don't fast or we don't talk about fasting. You wouldn't know if I'm even fasting right now because we don't talk about it. And if you do talk about it, you're disobeying Matthew chapter 6. No, I, I want you to see the parallel here. He's, say, he, he's saying, whatever you're doing, don't do it like hypocrites do. And he uses another action in this same chapter. If you go back up to verse 5, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. It's the same thing that he said when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Why do, hypocrite, why do hypocrites pray? They love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. Why do hypocrites pray that they may be seen of men? I want you to see me praying. I want people to know that I pray. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Next verse. But when you pray, enter into your closet. When you have shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Here's why I'm drawing that parallel. Oh, do you only, are we only supposed to pray when we're in a closet and the door is shut? No. No. The Bible also says pray without ceasing. So you either got to live in the closet, never open the door, or you're allowed to pray when you're also out of the closet. Does that make sense? The point is the motive behind why you're doing what you're doing. The same goes for the fast. Are you only ever allowed to fast when nobody knows? No. It's about the motive. You understand? Same parallel. The hypocrites do this because they want people to know. He said, when you pray, go into your closet. That way you're doing it, to, not doing it to be seen and heard by men. It's about the principle of a pure motive. That's the purpose of those verses. The principle is make sure you have a pure motive for why you're doing what you do. Matthew 17, verse 14. Another uh, scripture to do with this subject. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. Verse 16, And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Verse 17, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the devil, and, de and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Simple act, right? A simple thing. Verse 19, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? Don't, oh, go back. I don't want anybody to look ahead. Who knows the reason why they couldn't cast him out? Lord, why can't we do it? We, we saw you do it. Why can't we do it? Is it because they were not praying and fasting? Let's look and see. Verse 20. Jesus said unto them, Because you weren't praying and fasting. No, 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 no. no. He said, Because of your unbelief. That's the reason why you couldn't cast him out because of your unbelief 
For verily I say, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Verse 21. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Got further proof that even hidden somewhere in there is not a simple, you know, misunderstanding. And really Jesus was saying it's because they weren't praying and fasting. We read it just then. The, the father brings the son to Jesus. Does Jesus say, yes, okay, we can do this. First, we got to have a prayer meeting. And we need to fast, at least one meal. So come back in about three hours after we've fasted. No. So when he says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting, he's saying, Prayer and fasting accomplishes things in you that if you had been doing them, you would not have the problem that you did have. In this instance, the problem is unbelief. I'm a logical person. I see the logic behind this. And what that tells me is praying and fasting increases your belief. If you are not praying and fasting, expect to have less belief. Or to put it in the other way, expect to have more unbelief. Expect to have more unbelief if you're not praying and fasting. I better slide back over here into these notes. Jesus did not stop and have a prayer meeting or call a fast. The point is he was, he was only able to operate in that way because he lived a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. The reason why the disciples could not cast out this demon is not because they were not praying and fasting. Jesus said it was because of unbelief. This would let us know that prayer and fasting helps us with unbelief. There, I, I could see a time where maybe the Lord has promised you things. Maybe he, you know his word is to do this in your life. And yet it's not being done. You're not seeing it done. That sounds to me like a good time to consider some praying and fasting. Because what you're, what you're struggling with, or what you could potentially struggle with, is unbelief. I'm not seeing it happen. The disciples said, why couldn't we cast him out? We should be able to, right? Yes, you should. And you could. If you had... The right amount of unbelief, uh, the right amount of belief, you could do it. You get that through prayer and fasting. He says it. He uses that instant that uh, that mustard seed. He kind of just inserts there right in the middle of this story. And probably the most one of the most misunderstood or just confusing, complex things about people sharing stuff is this idea of a mustard seed. First of all, I don't even think we see them like at Walmart. We're not familiar with mustard seeds. We know mustard, but we don't really know a mustard seed. It's not something that's in our vocabulary. It's not something in our vernacular. But the idea behind it is it's such a small thing and if you have faith or belief of that quantity, you could say to a mountain, I don't want you there, I want you there. And it would happen. And you, because you have the proper amount of belief for it. I, I'm just going to tell you, as Christians, 
in our regular walk with God, we need the right amount of belief. Without it, we're going to be in this trouble and this problem. We're going to go from this issue to this one and wonder, why is the Lord not doing what he's supposed to? Or why am I not doing? What's the problem here? I'm not seeing what I should see. It's, the problem is the, the level of faith, the level of belief. And you get it through prayer and fasting. Let me give you a few, just a few more reasons why we fast. To bring ourselves more perfectly in line with God. Picture a line. Picture yourself a little bit out of that line. And picture fasting putting you back into that line. The reason is there's not something magical about fasting. It's not like, okay, if I can just not eat, then I will be more like God. Uh, no, he was a man and he ate. Right? So it's not the not eating that accomplishes this. I'm going to read this. Bear with me for just a second while I find this passage. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. We fast to bring our flesh under subjection. Everybody say subjection. Paul says here, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Keep under my body. Keep it under what? I keep it under the spirit. I keep it in proper alignment. And this word subjection. Subjection is also not a, a, a real po uh, popular word in our vocabulary. <coughs> so even to say, well, you fast to bring your body under subjection. Okay, I, don't, I have no idea what that means. But it sounds good, so I'll try it. There's, a, there's another term, and when we use this term, it gives it a lot more meaning. Slave. Slavehood. Slavery. That word is synonymous with subjection. Because subjection actually means to be subject to, or to be one's subject. Another term is one's slave. I make my body a slave under subjection. You do this and you find out who's in charge. It's a good reminder. Sometimes, you, I say sometimes, your flesh needs a reminder of who's in charge. Because I promise you, at every instance of your life, it's going to be desirous to take back over control. Paul had to do this every day. Not fast, but bring his body under subjection. And sometimes fasting is a good little reminder. I know the place that my fleshly desires belong. Lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Oh, I didn't see us going here, but we will. I think. Your ability to preach is not connected to how under subjection your fleshly desires are. 
I'm just going to let that one simmer for a little bit. Because he's saying, I could preach to others. Share the word of God. Testify, win people. Man, see awesome stuff in ministry. I could see that. And myself be a castaway. Why? Because God can do anything through anyone at any time. Including use a castaway. Including using a sinner preacher to reach a lost soul. He can, if he can do anything with anyone at any time, he can use a sinner preacher. Right? I mean, we're not, it's not like he can do everything except that one thing. No. He can do it all. And Paul knows this, and he knows my accomplishments in the Spirit and in the kingdom of God are not a reflection of how spiritual I really am as an individual. No, those are just proof of how good God is. How powerful He is. Paul knows it. If my all it takes is one time my flesh deciding, I really don't want to be a slave anymore. I want to get out and do some of the stuff I want to do. If I am not practicing what Paul says on the regular, you can expect it to happen. It's a, everybody say a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Sometimes you don't even have, you, you know what? Sometimes you can fast after you just had a piece of cake. Because you're reminding yourself, I could eat that other piece. But I'm not going to. Because I'm in charge. The flesh wants to really grab a handful of those chips. And just munch on them. But the hand is not in charge. If it was, it'd be over there in the bowl. It's a reminder. I'm telling you. Fasting is a reminder of who is in charge. Your spirit man or your flesh man. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 4. This is not just a New Testament concept. In fact, I think you find it more frequently in the Old Testament even than the New Testament. I, I just want to read this one passage and then I'll be done soon. Think about what God can do when, you're, when you fast. When you are a prayed up, fasted up person. We, he's, we touched on it a little bit there in, in Matthew in that story. Jesus says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. If you are not praying and fasting, don't expect God to be doing awesome great miracles in your life and through you. But think about what he can do. When we are in alignment with him. When he's only dealing with my spirit man. Because we've already dealt with the flesh man. Behold ye fast for strife and debate. The Lord is. Everybody say it's not a new thing. The Lord is dealing with his people through the prophet Isaiah many centuries back here and saying, you are fasting incorrectly. You, stri you, you fast for strife and debate to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. This is basically what we said already. We, don't, we can't fast 
to make God do something. I heard one preacher put it this way. Some people think fasting is a way of twisting God's arm. And I'm just telling you it's not. And as he said there, you don't do it to make your voice heard on high. But I really want that job. I really want it, and I want it so bad, I'm willing to fast for it, so God knows just how bad I want it. I really want to drive one of those cars. And I don't, I'm not convinced that the Lord knows just how badly I want to drive one, so I will fast and make sure He knows how badly. I want that. Mm -mm. He's saying, I don't, I don't need to hear your voice. I can hear it just fine where you are, thank you. It shall not fast to make your voice be heard on high. Verse 5. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. You think I just want my people to be miserable? I need, my, my, my guys are too happy. I need them to knock it down a level. That's not what he's saying. That's, uh, uh, sometimes if, we're, if our understanding is not correct, that can be our approach. I need more humility in my life. So I'm going to fast some more. Things are just a little too good. I know we just did that grocery trip yesterday, and the pantry is stocked, but things are just a little too good. I'm a little too happy. We need to fast. Afflict our souls and just look at all the cereal on the shelf. Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Those are rhetorical. Now verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness? Yes. Those other questions? No. This is the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo... The heavy burdens. I'm not going to go back through Sunday, but just to remind you, we talked about heavy burdens. And I can recall, not that long ago, all the way back to Sunday, the Lord was letting me know what it's like when my life has heavy burdens on it. And he's saying, a fast, such a fast that I've chosen, looses those heavy burdens. And to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. There is a spiritual, there should be, a spiritual result of fasting. We've talked about a lot of them already. But see, it, it supersedes us. The, we are just the first part of the result. Getting myself in alignment with God, getting my flesh under subjection and reminding myself who's in charge, all of that is just the first part of this so that I know now God can do His thing. He can show His power. He can do things I can't. I don't have the ability to undo heavy burdens and break yokes. I don't have that, but God does. And when I'm fasting, when I am in this proper alignment with Him, I can expect it to happen. That's, he, he wasn't getting His disciples in trouble and just being like, oh, you poor guy, you need to pray and fast more because you're not spiritual enough. No, that whole issue with the, the son that had an evil spirit was just proof to the disciples, we need this. 
we can expect to encounter more of this. It's like everywhere Jesus goes, he's running into it. We can expect it to happen more and more and more and more. And thankfully, he's told us how to deal with it. How to get ready for it. How to face it. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. I'd like you to pray just where you're seated there for a moment. Go ahead and talk to the Lord. Jesus, I'm listening for the sound of your voice. God, I want to hear a clear sound of your voice in my spirit, Lord. I want to know what is the voice of God. I want to know what is the truth, Lord Jesus. I want to know your plan for my life. God, I want to know your purpose for my life. I'm desiring, Father, to be led by your Spirit. I'm desiring to know you in a greater way. Lord, I'm wanting to bring myself into the proper alignment. Father, I don't want there to be too much of me. The Scripture says, Lord, I must decrease. Lord, I don't want there to be me. I don't want there to be my, myself in our relationship, but I want it to be you. I want you to increase, Lord. I want there to be more of you. I want there to be more of you, Lord. Less of me and less of all of my influence. All these various things that I bring into an equation, Lord. I want there to be less of that. I want there to be less of that. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, help us, Father, I pray. I pray, speak to us, Lord. We are listening for the sound of your spirit. God, I want to know your voice. I want to hear it in a clear way. When you can prompt me, Lord Jesus, to speak, when you can prompt me to pray, Lord, Jesus, I want to be listening for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Accomplish your will in me, Jesus. Accomplish your will in me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now I want to do this. I'll let you stop the stream. And I just want to ask if anybody has any questions. <laughs>